Welcome to Next Law Ignite. I'm Joanne Wakeford. When I take a moment to think back on my own career, I've been really lucky to have some pretty incredible leaders and mentors in my life. These are the kinds of individuals that really understand the importance of engaging and connecting with those around them and creating an environment that really supports collaborative team behaviors. But it's certainly not easy in a law firm or in a law department environment to find the time to develop and lead high-performing teams while still managing the day-to-day needs of the business, which can feel overwhelming. This is often referred to as the producer-leader dilemma. To talk about this today, we are joined by Jay Connolly, Global Chief Talent Officer at Dens. As a member of the firm's global leadership team, Jay's focused on really building a world-leading HR and talent function and speaks often across Denton's and for our clients on leading high-performing teams in an international and dynamic environment. Jay, thank you very much for joining me today. Now, we're going to talk about the importance of developing a leadership mindset and how that fundamental step can enhance your ability to lead and motivate your teams and also create accountabilities. But let's start at the very beginning. What are the ideal skill sets and traits of an inspirational leader? That's a great question. And I think the first thing to say is that um, inspirational leaders, I believe, are just not born. And also when you talk about inspirational leaders, people often start thinking of particular individuals or characters. So we've run a whole series of leadership training internally. And of course, I've participated in different things externally. One of the leaders that we have looked at uh, and talked about on some of our internal programming has been Steve Jobs. And uh, automatically people think, oh, uh, I'm not Steve Jobs, therefore I'm not an inspirational leader. Uh, and then retreat from this topic. And I think that's a real mistake, a real miss. Um, And actually, when you start to look at it, there are a whole number of things that each of us can do. So uh, there's one particular video clip of Steve Jobs that we happen to use, which is an internal uh, kind of launch marketing meeting. Uh, And after this kind of five-minute clip, I mean, he's not performing for uh, external audience. This is purely an internal discussion. We start to look at what are some of the things that he was doing in that session. Um, And I think what we pull out uh, and really highlight, and some of the things I'll share here, are uh, clear activities that all of us can and should be building into our leadership approaches. So, for example, we're really setting that clear vision. What's that, what's that direction? Uh, and being able to communicate that clearly. Uh, one of the very powerful things that I think uh, great leaders uh, and inspirational leaders do is use stories. Use stories to, to bring it to life. Because then as you start to look in organizations, it's those stories and those examples that help make things stick for people um, and then get repeated. So having that clear vision, but really bringing it to life and communicating it and using the, the power of, um, of stories. Uh, I think that being a good listener uh, is key, and that is not something that often people think about as uh, an inspirational leadership uh, trait, but actually for you to perform that leadership role and really bring and engage those around you, and to be a leader, you need to have followers, so to build and create followers and a following You've got to have listened to people and understood what's on their mind. Now, being a good listener and listening to those uh, those thoughts and input 
doesn't mean that you have to take them all on board. Uh, it doesn't mean that you necessarily agree with uh, all of that input, but it's part of you being able to connect. You know, one of the things that I guess I, uh, I would flag is, um, and there are a whole number of others, but one other that uh, I focus on and talk about is leaders don't need to have all of the answers. Um, there's there's no magic, well, certainly I've not been given it and I've not seen others be given it. There's no magic chip that gets inserted uh, when you're given a leadership title, whatever it may be, that all of a sudden you have all of the answers to questions, problems, challenges that come in your direction. And of course, in today's world with the level of complexity of organizations uh, and even of the world externally of things that we're navigating, that seems even even less possible that anyone could uh, contemplate having all of the answers for the right direction. So what that means is two things. It goes back to good listening. It goes back to asking questions. But it is about demonstrating some vulnerability, demonstrating that actually, no, uh, I, I don't have the, uh, the answer or the path charted out uh, on that uh, in a particular topic. Let's, let's talk about that um, um, and kind of bring that to life and uh, agree a direction. So lots of things there, Joanne, and what I could uh, highlight, but that clear vision, stories and communication, listening, uh, and certainly that piece around um, vulnerability, I would, um, you know, I would certainly put out on the table. Now, I've heard you describe before that self-awareness is obviously an incredibly important skill set and even have real impact on the bottom line of your organization. In fact, I came across a recent Corn Ferry International study that found that those companies with better financial performance tended to have employees and leaders that were more self-aware. But just like that magical chip uh, that, that we don't have, um, this isn't necessarily a trait that you were born with, but what are some of the techniques um, that one can use to help you become more self-aware? Great question. And, um, you know, we've got to know our starting point. Um, you know, where, where are we today as we think about our leadership approach, style, mindset? Uh, what are our blind spots? Um, what are things that others see that, that we don't? So if we haven't taken some time to reflect and understand uh, our strengths um, and developmental areas today, then we can't achieve that next piece because we're guessing. We're, we're guessing blindly, uh, quite frankly. So this this self-awareness piece, um, I think, is is essential. Um, and you're absolutely right to, to raise it. Uh, a couple of things I'd encourage people to, to think about. Um, there are some formal ways uh, to get at it. So there are some very good uh, tools on the market, um, and there's you know, a number that uh, I use um, with partners in particular that, uh, through a series of, uh, of questioning, they'll give back a, a, some results um, that help you kind of dig into how is it that you are being seen and perceived? How is it you're seen when you're performing at your best? When when Jay is uh, 
you know, comfortable, uh, you know, being able to drive things forward uh, in uh, kind of that, that safe um, or that performing operating zone. How is it that I am uh, interacting with others and leading versus actually what does it look like when I'm under pressure, uh, when that stress uh, has got too much? Um, what are the traits? Um, what are the behaviors that people see? You as a leader, I as a leader may not think there's a great deal of difference between the two, uh, but often there can be. Um, so there are some tools that help us get at that. And of course, with any of these tools, uh, I encourage people to look at them and say, this is not going to be a 100% accurate prediction of you, um, but maybe it's a good guide and maybe it's a good starting point um, for you to start thinking about maybe what does resonate uh, and maybe some of the things that you do want to focus on. Um, the second thing is um, using, uh, using a tool like uh, 360 degree feedback um, and again many organizations have something like this in place uh, if you don't again there are some very good tools and easy tools on the market to use but um, actually asking those around you um, what it is that they're seeing so across you know a series of questions uh, and importantly getting some of that uh, qualitative input as well um, th those peers those um, above you uh, those team members um, maybe even those outside the organization potentially uh, could could add value to this and getting back a report that typically is anonymous um, it's not about trying to guess who said what, but it is about looking at that to try and understand you know, what is it in there that uh, resonates, what in there that maybe it's a surprise, but you think actually I can recognize it. There may be some things that you don't recognize, or maybe that's just, uh, you know, you've known that since you were age 12 and it's not going to change. Maybe there's some ways you could minimize it. So none of this for me is about trying to totally change who you are. Um, to be at the point you are in your career, you're incredibly successful already. This is about what are some of those small shifts or nudges uh, to my approach or behavior that will help me be even more successful going forward. I'm not trying to change 30 things about Jay in the, in the next 12 months, but actually there probably are two or three things. And I think it needs to be around that number that I do need to focus on because it's going to involve some effort, because I consciously need to focus on those things. Um, I'm going to need to remind myself. I'm going to kind of keep it top of mind. I'm going to need to put some uh, kind of techniques in so that I do keep making that adjustment because we're trying to form a new habit. Um, so uh, a couple of kind of external tools like that that I uh, would recommend, you know, but also maybe it's picking a couple of um, colleagues internally where you can sit down, give them notice in advance, uh, but sit down and, and, and have a, an honest conversation, uh, encourage them to be open uh, and share some feedback uh, with you. We need to create that environment where it's okay to share some feedback um, with Jay. And it's not only asking for it, uh, but it's how you react in the moment and then what you do with it. Again, you don't have to agree with it or say you're going to change that, um, but your reaction to that feedback the first time you do it will be pretty determinative on whether uh, that person or probably any others give you feedback going forward. So a few thoughts. I mean, great. I think you've raised self-awareness, but um, and there absolutely are some things that we should be doing. So those would be a couple of things that I would share.
I think from my personal experiences, one of the most challenging things in developing a team and becoming a strong leader is in finding the time to do that. You've described this uh, certainly within the law firm context, but I think it's directly relevant uh, to law department leaders as the producer leader dilemma. Can you explain this dynamic for us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, we often see in organizations um, you know, that individuals get elevated or promoted because they're good at their, their, the subject area, the skill set that they're focused on. And the prize for that is not only more volume often, but it's actually then a leadership role. Um, and now I find myself in this leadership role and I've got to juggle both. I've got to juggle delivering, delivering um, to my client base, uh, internal, external, whoever that, uh, that may be. Um, but also I've got now this added responsibility of uh, a team management leadership role uh, to play. What we often tend to see is those two roles uh, are in conflict. Um, and uh, often that kind of producer role, i.e. The, the pressure to deliver um, to the business, uh, be responsive to uh, key stakeholders in the, in the business, takes precedent over uh, playing that leadership role, doing some of those uh, manager, leader activities that we know we need to do, um, but actually get pushed to one side because of um, the, the crush of the, the workload and activity. So the question is how we manage it. And we call it a dilemma because there is no answer to it, um, but it is about how we try and keep that in some sort of equilibrium um, at any one time and certainly looking forward. Uh, and that's not easy. Um, but what we've tried to do is give uh, people some strategies uh, and approaches to try and manage that. I mean, one of them is, of course, we've grown up probably for many years uh, undertaking that producer role. Um, so we're much more comfortable there. It can often be the case that some of those team leadership, um, uh, law firm uh, or law department uh, leadership roles are new, and it involves more of our conscious brain. It involves more conscious effort. So that is more time consuming. Uh, it feels like it's more effort. So one of the things we focused on doing is how can we create some approaches that become habits uh, on that leadership and that management role so that it does make it easier and it does make this dilemma um, easier to keep in balance because in the same way I've got approaches from my, the producer side of my role, there are some techniques and approaches that I use from a leadership perspective. Um, so that's what, we've, that's what we mean by this producer, uh, manager, leader uh, dilemma. How do I manage those competing uh, roles or expectations that uh, that are upon me. You mentioned there are some techniques to help leaders manage this challenge. Can you explain what those might be? So, yeah, I, I, I referenced that there are kind of some approaches or uh, techniques. So, so absolutely um, uh, there are. And it, it's highly likely that individuals have started to develop some of these um, already. Um, so, one of the things that we encourage people to do is to have this conversation with other leaders. 
Um, and I think one of the things that generally we don't do enough of is recognizing the power of using a mentor or using a coach. That doesn't have to be someone external. Absolutely could be somebody uh, who is internal in the, in the organization that, uh, that you trust. Uh, but having these conversations around what they've seen and maybe what they do. Um, so again, we don't get this magic chip uh, when we become a, a, a leader. Um, so really pulling on others um, who have been tackling maybe some of the same dilemma uh, for maybe a little bit longer or in some in some different ways. Um, so that's that's very much uh, one of them to kind of use um, uh, use individuals around you to support. Our, Another thought is that um, we can be very good at carving out time for, on the delivery side, on the producer side, but actually being disciplined to ensure that we carve out time for the management role or the, that, that leadership role. So one external leader that um, I've uh, connected with and had a series of discussions. She was very good at uh, blocking out a couple of hours on her calendar every Wednesday afternoon. And that was her thinking and planning time for the department in terms of looking forward so that she had time in the week. Uh, and she would treat that very much uh, as client time, internal or external uh, client time, that in the same way we wouldn't move uh, a board meeting or perhaps wouldn't be able to move a board meeting, uh, that time was blocked to the extent uh, anything could be 100% uh, blocked. Um, and that was that thinking time uh, to focus on some of these activities. Similarly, we know that um, we need to you know, have more conversations uh, with the team or to, to sit down and engage and listen. So some of those things we were just talking about, uh, being an inspirational leader, that doesn't mean we're standing on a stage being an inspirational leader. How are we doing it one-on-one? -on -one? And how are we making sure there is time for that? Um, so maybe, again, we start to build a habit of uh, you know, every Friday morning, Nine till ten is the time that um, I block out and use with the team. Uh, I mean, whatever fashion uh, makes uh, makes sense. It's starting to build some of those uh, habits in. I talked when we were talking about inspirational leadership about you know asking questions and getting that input. Um, so playing that into kind of building one of these habits here to manage this dilemma. You know, as we think about the team meetings that we run. How do they typically run? Uh, how do they work? Uh, is it uh, me as the leader uh, really taking control of that? Where's the airspace uh, for others to contribute? Uh, when a question's raised or a topic, who's giving their view first? Uh, is it me? Um, what tone am I then setting in that uh, in that meeting, in that conversation? So to to manage these tasks very much. How do we learn from others? How can we use uh, mentors, coaches uh, to support us uh, because we don't have all of the answers? Think about how we manage our time uh, and blocking out or reserving some time for some of these uh, activities and trying some different practices. And don't just try them once and say, oh, that didn't work for me. And this is about forming a new habit. Uh, you're going to need to try it a number of times. Don't do something different in a meeting and expect that those around you are suddenly going to react differently because they're used to what Jay has done for the last 
six months, six years. Uh, and just because I did something different today isn't going to change that overnight. So again, we've got to keep at it to, to form some of these new habits. I think then you add on top of that the complexity of managing a team in a global or a virtual environment, and it becomes even more of a challenge. But I think that's probably a topic uh, for another podcast. So, Jay, if I were to change one thing tomorrow about the way I perform as a leader, what would that be? Where do you suggest I start? Great question. Uh, and I would say don't jump in and start just uh, land on something and decide to change it. Step back. That's the thing. Step back, reflect, uh, take the opportunity to get some input, do some data gathering uh, or do some research. But research on you, use, a, use one of those tools that I mentioned or gather some feedback or you know, if you've done that, one of those or used one of those recently, you know, pull that out uh, or feedback from a uh, review uh, discussion. Uh, reflect on that. And then start to think about your current context, because leadership is all about the context and the situation that we find ourselves in. What I may do as a leader may or may not work in another large global law firm, may or may not work in uh, a large global corporation. Um, so that context is important. So that first thing to do is to step back and reflect. I'd strongly encourage using one of those tools and I'd strongly encourage in having, the, having this conversation with somebody, somebody who can help and support you. Um, and again, I keep coming back to this, this theme that uh, it's 2018 and being, uh, it is perfectly acceptable. And actually, when you uh, ask the question, I think you'd be surprised how many leaders, how many individuals in organizations use somebody to support them in their leadership and management role. So that would be my that would be my advice for tomorrow. Well, thank you, Jay, very much for this uh, very helpful discussion. I'm excited to continue the conversation. I think there's uh, a lot more that uh, we can dive through. So thanks again for your time today. A pleasure. Thank you.